Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, fantasy football fanatics, IDP Army? It's your man Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk. Welcome back to the channel, the Dynasty Defenders, the IDP Army. Jordan Reigns, however you found us, we appreciate you being here. We're going to talk about some fantasy football players I've been targeting in my dynasty leagues and in my best ball drafts the last couple of weeks. Sorry, it's been a little while since we did a show. Um, you know, just very, very busy transitioning from that May to June, especially if you have kids. Um, simultaneously, a lot going on in the NFL and not a lot. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. But before we do that, if it's your first time here, we appreciate it. We do have podcast feeds. Go check those out. The links are down in the description. We would love to have you listen on the podcast if you're on the YouTube channel and vice versa. So thank you for that. Uh, we're going to do kind of a heavy show today or heavy as in like a lot of content. I'm going to kind of take my time because there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I want to weigh in on, add some, add some of my thoughts on uh, across all the formats, you know, Dynasty, Best Ball, IDP. We don't shy away from any of it here on the channel. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and go ahead and dive into it. I thought we would start kind of by taking a look at the news, but actually right before I came on here, I saw TJ Watt was trending. So, um it's interesting that people are kind of finally realizing how good of a player that he is. It's taken a while, I feel like. Uh, he's He's been trending a lot lately in the offseason, no less. So that's a good good thing overall, I would say, for, you know, old Mr. T.J. Watt, um, especially as a Steelers fan. Love to see that. Um, other things that are trending, looks like uh, Mike Evans is trending. Currently think that Mike Evans in best ball, just to jump right into it, you know, is probably being a little undervalued. Although I did see his ADP is actually up from where it was in February. He was was a wide receiver. He was 35 in February when I made a video talking about him. Um, he's still floating around that area. I think he's wide receiver 32. I think he still offers a lot of upside, especially in best ball where you're looking for those boom bust games anyway. People are letting him fall way down the board. But uh, like I said, he is trending, so I just thought I'd bring him up. I'm just looking at Twitter right now. Um, and I'm going to be answering questions. So if you are watching the live stream, you know, throw some questions in the chat. We'll love to answer your questions. We do have some questions in our Discord as well. I'm going to kind of be going through. And like I said, today's show, I'm going to try to be a little bit more relaxed and articulate. I'm not going to try to necessarily, ah, you know, do that whole rah-rah thing, but I do have several several topics that I want to cover. Um, so, like I said, we'll just go ahead and start with the basics. I'm just going to go to the news, you know, kind of the overall news. It is Monday, so we are going to get some stuff breaking probably later in the day. But, um, for instance, Saquon. People are worried Saquon's going to sit out. I'm personally not too worried about that. I think that he he wants to play football. He showed he could still be one of the best running backs in the league last season, Saquon Barkley for the New York Giants. And they're going to find a number that works for everybody because I think that they know that 
even if running back is a replaceable position, Saquon Barkley isn't a replaceable running back. So if you had the level of success you had last year, I mean, they met the playoffs, right? Um, that was part and parcel because of Saquon Barkley, and they haven't really added a lot on that team besides – I mean, they just haven't. So the team's going to run through him. We know that. That's kind of where I'm at with Saquon. So I think people that are letting him fall into like the running back four, running back five area, you know, meanwhile, we're still taking Christian McCaffrey, sometimes number one overall. I say we very loosely. Um, I think that there's a lot of value in Saquon right now in this moment. There was also a report just came out today. looks like Daniil Hunter is going to be skipping the Vikings minicamp OTAs or whatever, voluntary. Kind of to be expected. Um, sounds like they were already talking about shopping him. I saw that report come out last week. Their, their, their defense is kind of getting overhauled. We saw Zadarius leave. We've seen Eric Kendricks leave. You know, now they're trying to force Daniel Hunter out, and he will have a market. You know, I, I think if he sits out, stays healthy, which he will, he has been. He played all last season, coming off some pretty big injuries. Um, I think he's going to have a market, a solid market. We saw Frank Clark, another piece of news. We saw him sign with the Denver Broncos. I don't think – I mean, I think Daniel Hunter is 10 times a pass rusher Frank Clark is. You know what I mean? So if there's a market for Frank Clark – and I've seen some people say, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is still on the market. I love Yannick Ngakwe, the player, but from a real nitty-gritty standpoint, he just doesn't do as much as some of these other guys. And I think that when push comes to shove, even – NFL managers, kind of like fantasy managers, we need guys that do things on the field. Go look at Yannick Ngakwe's uh, tackle numbers for his career. Go look at his tackles from two years ago, his assist, if you don't believe me. Just some funny just some funny things going on there, and I think other people noticed it. Vice versa, go look at Daniel Hunter. He's in on every play he can get his little, his big, big ass in on. So there's going to be a market for him. Um, I'm interested to see where he ends up. Where do y'all think he should end up? I think he'd do really good on the the Viking or not the Vikings, blah, Miami. Could see that happening. And there's a connection there uh, with um oh, who's their defensive coordinator on the Vikings now? He's the old head coach for Miami. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but you all know who I'm talking about. So there could be some movement there. And we've seen him move players around. So Daniel Hunter, I think he's gonna be on the move. That's what makes sense. I don't really know what the Vikings will want back for him. But I think Daniel Hunter can be a difference maker no matter where he lands. Staying on the topic of pass rushers, this isn't really big, big news, but for IDP heads, uh, Marcus Golden did get picked up on the Steelers as well. We've seen that guy opposite TJ Watt be very productive. Has been Alex Highsmith. I think he's the main guy now. I feel like they added Marcus Golden kind of as an insurance policy for TJ Watt, you know, kind of like what we did last year with uh, Melvin Ingram. Just to give you a thought, that's kind of where my head's at with those. Um, scrolling through the news here, Buda Baker is expected to show up at minicamp. I mean, I, I, there's few players in the league I feel as bad for as I do for Terry McLaren and Buda Baker. You know, these are guys that deserve to be on winning teams. They're winning football players. They're winning men. And they're just surrounded by garbage. And it's just really unfortunate. <laughs> Um, but Buda Baker is going to do the right thing. He's going to hold his head up high and he's going to go out there and be a savage. And 
I just I know he's I know he got paid, you know, a couple of years ago. So he's 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 well taken care of, but he wants to win. So hopefully somebody goes and gets him because I've talk is already that the that the Cardinals might be the worst team in the league this next year. Isn't it funny? I don't even go there. I've spent way too much time talking about how shitty the Cardinals are for the last two years. I won't join everybody in doing it now, but y'all know the truth. But Buda Baker, no matter where he plays, he should still be a top defensive back this year, and especially if he stays with the Cardinals, who are going to be dog trash. Um, he's he, he could be the team tackle leader pretty easily. Still scrolling down the news here. We've got this Lamar Jackson stuff. Y'all, I don't know if y'all do know or don't know how I feel about Lamar, but it's just he's like going off the border running back what, quarterback five right now, something like that. He's just just rich, too rich. You know, he 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 hasn't really thrown the ball. He never hit four thousand passing yards. Um, you know, the rushing's supposed to be coming down and the throwing's supposed to go up, but those won't inversely correlate perfectly as far as points are concerned nobody's talking about that uh he just gets shoved off the board because duke and ball you know visor cool lamar vibes whatever and i'm with that like if we're going to party but i want to win fantasy football and drafting a quarterback who's on the downslope of his career in a really weird situation in like the third or fourth round doesn't make any sense just fyi the thing that made lamar jackson so amazing for those of us who had him his MVP year, was he was free. Didn't cost a dime, and he had the best season ever. Same thing with Cam Newton in 2015. When you pay up for these guys later, the returns are mathematically going to be less, even if they do hit that same ceiling. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. to some. If you're listening to this channel and you're watching me, you, you, you play fantasy with at least a little bit of common sense. So... Take that for what you will. Much better pick, much, much better pick is Deshaun Watson, who you can get five, six rounds later. Maybe he doesn't have the same rushing upside, but we just heard that they're going to run Lamar less, so maybe he does. And we know he could pass better. Got the best wide receiving core, best offensive situation of his entire career he's walking into this season. And he's in a division that's competitive, not a bunch of trash. So there's going to be some big games going on. Deshaun Watson, um, you know, he's Elijah Moore. Apparently they've got a lot of chemistry already in OTAs. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper. These are guys that could easily, easily be league winners, especially at their ADP. You can draft them as backups to your backups. So what other pieces of news did I want to cover before oh and we do have this really cool news drop been doing some stuff in the background you know big background guy i'm always behind the scenes uh tank bigsby adp not going up as much as i thought it would considering that we basically know he's going to get some work decent amount of work wouldn't surprise me if he had more touches than travis Etienne. real talk and he's I think I'm like the 13th round of a best ball draft last night. So speaking of which, why you're here, actually, as you know, I said the title of this video is 20 players to target. So I am, you know, like I said, I'm going to go through the 
the news and kind of just some bits, tidbits here and there. But I am going to list off for y'all 20 players that I'm targeting, you know, right now to get all my teams, whether that be best ball or dynasty. Um, and we'll actually, I guess we could go ahead and go into that. There's some Dalvin Cook. He was released. I'm not buying into Alexander Madison. Um, I'm not necessarily buying into Dalvin Cook either. I just, it's just good news for the Kirk Cousins hype train that I've been the conductor of since 2016, 17. Uh, I'm ready for that 5,000 yard season. I'm ready for it. Been speaking it into existence for three years now. I think we're getting pretty close. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it should we do the dynasty or the best ball stuff actually i'm gonna do the dynasty segment first because i do have a particular player in dynasty and conversation in dynasty that i want to have so let's go ahead and jump into that then we'll jump into the 20 players in best ball then we'll close it out with a little bit of idp knowledge for y'all and maybe some uh trade questions and then also the chat questions in the chat to see a couple so All right, so this segment is going to be about um, TJ Hawkinson and why I think that TJ Hawkinson is just – he's a player we need to be taking a little bit more seriously. I know he doesn't – he's not cool yet. He's not somebody that has a lot of wind in his sails yet. But it doesn't make any sense that he doesn't. So I'm just going to read off some information and some tweets here and – you know, if you don't follow me on Twitter, at 50 Shades of Drunk, I've realized that I put a lot of really good information on Twitter, and then somehow I don't ever get it onto the podcast or onto the feed. But I want to start focusing on that a little bit more. So number one, he's already, he's got Kirk Cousins passing the ball. You know what that means. I mean, if you – dudes had 25 – eight straight seasons of 25-plus passing touchdowns. Only the fifth player to ever do that. 66.8% career completion percentage. Um 37,000 passing yards. That's Kirk Cousins' numbers. But let's go ahead and talk about TJ Hawkinson. So in a PPR points per game, you know, people want to – Travis Kelsey, amazing, 19. TJ Hawkinson had 13.3 last season. That's more than George Kittle, who had 13. And that's more than Mark Andrews, who had 12.7. So points per game, PPR, full PPR, he was better last season. One of the main arguments you'll hear against him, though, and you hear it by smart people, and it's a, it's a smart argument, which should throw up the red flags immediately, in my opinion, is the yards per route run, things like that. Oh, well, he didn't have as many yards per route run. Okay, I don't care, but I'm, I'm listening. Let's go further than that. Oh, well, he didn't, his target percentage, you know, he didn't have the higher target share. You know, TJ Hawkinson only had a 22% target share. Uh, and I'm I'm pulling that out of my ass. I actually want to read the actual comments of what he had because i have it here um oh gosh dang it son of a bitch sorry click the wrong button um where to go where to go where to go where to go here it is all right so target share in 2022 22 percent target share went to tj hawkinson okay when he was with the vikings in 2022 a 27 target share went to mark andrews so, whoa, whoa, Jordan, obviously, you nincompoop. Mark Andrews is the better player for fantasy. He had a higher target share, and he had a higher yards per route run. Jordan, you fool. And, you know, I'm fine with that. 
I'm a goofball. Man, I didn't know all that stuff. But I'll go do the I'll do the research. People will throw these numbers out at me and I'll go do the research. So I did the research. So I said, okay, 27% target share for Mark Andrews. What does that mean in actual targets to the player? Because the offenses are vastly different. Okay, vastly, vastly different. You know, these are those intangible um, qualitative variables. And I said, what was the what's a 22% target share mean for TJ Hawkinson? Raw numbers only. So I went that and did the math. So if you do the math in the in the offense that TJ Hawkinson was in, they threw 672 times, and he had a 22% target share on that. And then T, and then Mark Andrews, his offense threw 488 times. He had a 27% target share. But if you do the raw numbers, if you do the math, there's a 10 plus, I think it's like 11 target advantage to TJ Hawkinson. So even with the extra yards per route run metric and the 5% increased target share, ooh, big stuff. He has 10 less raw targets to work with. Fantasy football is a game based on accumulation of stats, receptions, Yards, touchdowns, essentially, if you want to boil it down to that. Not yards per route run, not shares. These things are meant to be factors on the outside we can look at and maybe make adjustments for. These are not meant to be used in lieu of points, in my opinion, or the, the metrics that score points. So why am I circling? Why, why am I just going on and on about this? Because in every single smart dynasty circle that exists right now, I've looked at them. I see them. Okay. Right now at this moment, it might, it'll probably change very soon because enough people have kind of started speaking up on this, but he's not the second. He's not even the third tight end for a lot of people. Why? Because he doesn't hit those random auxiliary metrics that Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews and you know oj howard's of the past hit what does he do so let's talk about what tj hawkinson does do and i'm just you know again i'm just a pleb i'm just gonna go right back to just the raw numbers of last year because everyone wants to make it about mark andrews which is fine i was i love mark andrews don't get me wrong um but i you know who's better mark andrews or tj hawkinson well you, there's a right answer and there's a right answer the right answer is Mark Andrews, but the actual right answer, TJ Hawkinson last year at 8.6 targets a game, six receptions a game when he got to the Vikings. That was with Justin Jefferson gobbling up targets. That was with Dalvin Cook still being a pass-catching running back, and that was with Adam Thielen still on the team. Mark Andrews has beaten those numbers in his career. He's been in the league five years, one time, Without Lamar Jackson, barely. We're talking barely. I think he had, so it's technically 8.6 uh, targets a game for my man TJ Hawkinson. I think it was like 8.9 The whenever it was at the highest for Mark Andrews. Again, without Lamar Jackson last year. Six receptions a game, identical at his best. So we have a player who's done it more recently in a situation that looks and feels and just is more con conducive to moving the ball with a quarterback that we know can throw. 
And for whatever reason, even with all the number, the raw numbers, the numbers that score fantasy points pointing to him being undervalued, he continues to be put behind players who have the auxiliary numbers behind them. So what does that mean for us as smart dynasty players? That means it's time to seriously consider adding Mark Andrews, who is a 26-year-old tight end who, again, got 8.6 targets a game last season after he went to the Vikings. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Addison. I don't give a crap about Jordan Addison. So what? Who cares? He's he's another player. That's great. We know what TJ Hawkinson is, okay? And if you remember what he is, he was Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts, okay? So I don't understand how we got where we're at, where I have to go to bat for an elite tight end who, for whatever reason, is being pushed down the board. But uh, it's time to get on him in Dynasty now because we're going to see a great reckoning at the tight end position, I think, this season. And I think at the end of it, we could see a massive consensus towards Hawkinson. Again, 26 years old. He's got a lot of football left to play. A lot of football to play. And he's already pulling in almost nine targets a game. I'm in. So I had to bring him up. I wanted to make him kind of the focus of my dynasty conversation today. Um, You know, he should be viewed, in my opinion, as the dynasty tight end one or two. That's my opinion. You can take it or leave it. Um, And I think that more people will get on board with that sooner than later. Let's take a look at the chat real quick. See what we got here. Who is who do you like more in a keeper league? Harrison Smith, Jaquan Brisker, or Cam Curl? Keep for three years and we'll have to burn a 13th round pick out of 28 rounds. Thank you as always, Jordan. I would definitely be keeping Jaquan Brisker in this situation. The younger player of the group, definitely still an ascending player uh, of the group. And, yeah, I think Cam Curl is getting a little too much hype, which we're going to circle back to that. I have some thoughts and some words um, on where that may be coming from, but we'll get there. Also loving the drop-down graphics. Keep it up. Yeah, no problem. I've been uh, – you say that. This show, I haven't really pulled up any of the, the cool graphics or anything like that, but – uh Trying to just, you know, I want to get some thoughts out there because we're really getting into the nitty gritty of it. We got about 90 days left till football actually hits us right in the face. So um, I want to put some takes out there, kind of a big shotgun spray today. And then I'm going to really get into it with you all soon. So and I'm going to try to do actually something else I want to bring up is I'm going to I'll get to your question. Just a second, crying for gold. I want to try to do more because this is what I like to do live stream with you all. Um, I'm going to try to do a set time, 11 a.m my time so that would be noon eastern on mondays we're going to try to make this a thing where i this is going to be one of the primary alpha shows on the channel and then i'll maybe cut it up into smaller stuff throughout the rest of the week but that's one thing i think in in season we're really good at is on the sunday morning show we always have a, a solid group of people and we really get a lot of really good questions takes and comments and a lot of good research happening and i want to get back to that so we're going to try and do that on mondays so if you're watching now, uh, you know, hit that bell. Maybe you will be back here again next week. All right, we're going to answer Grind for Gold's question, and then I'm going to go ahead and just rattle off my 20 uh, players that I'm really targeting in best ball. Um, and we'll dig into it later as to maybe why I like them so much. I don't want to, you know, 20 players. I don't have. I don't want to. I don't want to do a whole show on every one of these guys. So, all right. So, what are your best bets for DE 
getting the full-time work like Carl Loftus in KC. So if this is a KC specific question, um, I think you nailed it with, 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 with Carl Loftus. I think he's the guy we already saw him last season. I think he got like 700 ish, maybe 800 snaps played last season. That's a lot for a rookie defensive end. Um, And for the chiefs defense to trust him like that after clinging so tightly to their veterans the last few years, bringing in Carlos Dunlap, really, you know, really, really believing in Chris Jones, even when he had some down seasons, don't let anybody tell you he didn't. And uh, Frank Clark, you know, and we finally, I think we kept him around because the contract made us keep him around. But I really like what Carl Loftus is bringing to the table. But I will say, I think it's going to be Carl Loftus. Then we have the rookie, um, which reminds me, I got some waivers I need to go check in Dynasty Leagues. Um, There's the Felix uh ozu i don't know his middle part of his name his last was ozuma i think he's going to be a meaningful piece of our defense right out the gates this year and then don't sleep on the fact that they added charles ominicu as well the chiefs did so i can see him playing some meaningful snaps he played with san francisco last year didn't really impress the guys out there but it's probably hard to be impressive whenever uh nick bosa is you know the guy on the field and then the guy you have to impress is trent williams you know what i'm saying so Chiefs have made it work with some with Frank Clark. So I'm, I'm, I think Charles and Menahue might have a chance to put up some Frank Clark-type numbers here. So I'll take that as you will. And then grind for gold, like I said, last question, then I'm going to jump into my best ball, guys. But don't you have any age, conser- age concerns with Kirk Cousins and Hawkinson that could limit him like Pitts? That's an excellent question, and I actually will just dive right into that. So I, Kirk Cousins, you're right. He is at a point in his career. I mean, he's been playing ball – He's basically started every game he's been able to, which is all of them, I think, since like 2015. He's an absolute Iron Man, low key. He is, but you're right, he is getting a little bit older, and he got beat up the last couple of years behind that Vikings offensive line. Um, so my word about Cousins, I think he's probably going to play at least three or four more seasons. The question is, is he going to play with the Vikings? I think that, that he would like that. I think that they are they're bringing in all these young guys around him. I mean, they got him Justin Jefferson. He and Justin Jefferson are boys, okay? Like Justin Jefferson, he they're like yin and yang. Like Justin Jefferson is like drip too hard and then Kirk Cousins is like drip too hard at church, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it really really works in like a crazy way that I kind of love. They have a great head coach right now. They just got a defensive coordinator who's hopefully going to reshape this defense. <sighs> I just have a hard time thinking that they're not going to give this group of guys, Hawkinson, who they just brought in mid last season, Jordan Addison, who they drafted this year. They know they're going to give Justin Jefferson his money, but they also know that Kirk Cousins, you know, he wanted to get paid what he thought he was worth. He didn't want too, too much. And he kind of reset the market. I think there's something cooking with the Vikings right now. Um, And even if he does leave, TJ Hawkinson is still TJ Hawkinson. He was fine with Goff, okay? He was fine with Stafford, fine. Not great, fine. He he actually got pretty good, close to great with Goff there last year. So I I like him. Again, the runway is plenty long. He's like 26 years old. So Pitts is is fine. You know, I just, I want to win this season. Every year that I play fantasy, I want to win right now. And Kyle Pitts is, I don't believe, that Kyle Pitts is going to help any of my teams win this season. So I don't have him. I'm not targeting him. I am targeting Hawkinson, even if he's a little expensive. So 
Let's go ahead and jump into my best ball players that I like. Um, Y'all said you like this layout, so maybe I won't change it. Or actually, you said you wanted me to bring some stuff up. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and go. So in the first round, my favorite player to target right now in best ball, and actually, backtrack, calm down. I do this. I get all excited. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that, this, and that. Um, if you all want to play best ball, which you should, I play in a lot of the smaller tables. I play in some of the tournaments on Underdog. We have a promo code with them. You can click it in the link in the description. They'll match your first-time deposit bonus. If it's $10, they'll give you $10. If it's up to $100, they'll give you $100. If you use our promo code or our link, our promo code is IDPARMY, all caps, all one word. You will. They'll give you a uh, they'll, they'll match your deposit bonus. If you do that and you send me a message or show me that you did that, I will give you access to the ultimate IDP index. I'll give you access to the dynasty index and I'll let you in our best ball rankings. Now, these things are set up in tiers. There's a lot of work and labor and love put into them as far as the overall baseline of it. And then the tweaking is is happening in real time. So they're not always exactly perfect. I'm a regular guy. I play fantasy football. I will help you as much as I can. But if you want to see kind of where my mind, it's kind of like my secondary brain is. That's a good place to do that. So, like I said, uh, if you guys want to do that, you can join the Patreon or you can. Oh, here comes one of my kids. Hi, sis. Say hello. Hi. All right. Go tell your mom that you're not supposed to be down here. All right. Give me one second because I know for a fact she's not going to go away. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, sorry about that. Summer, you know, so kids are here. All right, where was I in the middle of that rant? Oh, yeah, sign up for the best ball. Um, use our promo code. You can get all of our rankings and stuff. So let's talk about best ball. We have, uh, we have more shows coming on it soon. Um, we have a lot of drafts. I've done a lot of drafts. I'm going to start picking them apart. I'm winded. Running a little girl up them stairs. Get her to her mama. Take this baby. But um, we do have some some cool guests coming on soon. We have Michael Leone coming on from Establish the Run. Pretty excited about that. I'm gonna go ahead and just drop that on this show. Want to talk to him about some 
contrarian fantasy football ideas and concepts. And the reason we're going to do that is because it feels like a lot of people are doing the same general structures. It seems like the consensus is just like, if the consensus is cutting edge, it's not really cutting edge anymore. Does that make sense? So it's like, where is the true cutting edge? If we have established that this is the best and everybody knows that, is it the best anymore? Like, what's the next best thing that other people are not doing? So I'm going to have him on, and you all know me. I mean, this is a Dynasty Best Ball IDP channel, show, whatever. So we're already open to the idea of doing things a little differently. So looking forward to that. So let's go ahead and talk about it, and we're just going to run through the first handful of rounds. Um, in the first round, a player I'm just generally avoiding is Travis Kelsey. The reason why is because it's it's a one-off position. It's tight end, you know, and if and everybody – there's no value to him. You know, again, he's kind of like I just said about earlier about Lamar Jackson. You could get him last year in the second round, and the year before that, the third round. And so if he was the best tight end and then the best tight end and he's working up the board, eventually he's going to be less than. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to keep getting better. So you're paying up while – logically assuming he's going to go down in value. So I've been avoiding Travis Kelsey in the first round. The Chiefs have added wide receivers. People want to pretend like Kadarius Coney's hurt, like just right now that he's just hurt. So he's going to get hurt. That's fine. He's not hurt. And they, they're going to use him. Take your mind back to whenever the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill before he was the best receiver in football per the consensus just a gadget guy and then he was just a fast guy think about Kadarius Tony what is Kadarius Tony so what happened last year with Travis Kelsey where he was just goaded he's still goaded but it's not going to be it's not just going to be Patrick Mahomes literally just poof 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 throwing the ball constantly they're still building up this chief this chief's team because they know there's coming going to come a day when Patrick Mahomes will still be there. Travis Kelsey won't. They're bringing in young guys. They're bringing in talented players. And they're trying to f- build this offense around him. So that being said, I'm avoiding Travis Kelsey in the first round this year. A player I'm going for a lot is A.J. Brown. He had 1,400-something receiving yards last season. He missed a little bit of time. And his quarterback only threw like 3,700 yards. And I say only not as a sign of disrespect, but as a sign of almost like respect that he threw 1,400 of those yards to A.J. Brown because that's exactly what he should do. Um, Don't forget, A.J. Brown had a three-touchdown game this season. He's He's the kind of guy in best ball that you want. So if you do miss out on these upper upper end wide receivers early, I really like getting A.J. Brown at the back end of the first round and I just love building teams around around AJ Brown. Uh so the players I'm targeting in round two right now, Jalen Waddle, getting a lot of Jalen Waddle in the second round, kind of reminds me of Tyreek Hill last year in the second round. You know, I mean same teams. Um and people want Tyreek who's now like the third or fourth player off the board. Jalen Waddle in the second round basically put up, you know, similar ish, similar ish numbers to him. So if you can get that and you know Maybe it could break his way this season. 
So I've been taking a lot of Jalen Waddle in the second. I love getting Saquon Barkley in the second. Like I said at the start of the show, I think that he's underpriced, you know, three, four years ago. I mean, even two years ago, the idea of getting Saquon, a healthy Saquon Barkley in the second round, even with a little bit of fright. Come on, what are we doing here? That's 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 free money. And I also have DK Metcalf on my list. I have him in the second round because he's been floating up, but you can get DK Metcalf in the third round of a lot of best ball drafts. I just really like getting him there. Uh, again, a kind of similar Tyreek where, oh, well, you know, he wasn't. There's, there's just some there's just words around him where people feel like he's less than what he is. He, he's still a game wrecker. And he can be. You know what I'm saying? Gino finally has a team that's confident in him and shown that confidence in him. And he's built that rapport out with him. Um, and he's still DK Metcalf. So, you know, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, you know, getting them in the first and the third and then being able to sandwich in like a Saquon Barkley, that's a nice way to start a best ball draft, in my humble opinion. So in the third round, players that I've been targeting a lot, and this is kind of where, you know, I wrote these down actually like a week ago. So there, some of them are a little bit shifted. But I really like targeting Amari Cooper. Sometimes you can get him in the fourth. I love getting Debo Samuel and then Najee Harris in the third round. I think Najee with the improved offensive line is going to be a better runner this year. We kind of know that. Um, it wasn't even a bad runner last year. It wasn't even a bad fantasy asset last year, even though the Steelers team was not good. Like it was serviceable as we always are, but it wasn't good. They might be good this year. So Najee has a lot of upside, I think kind of unrealized. Um, I should have Josh Jacobs on here, but you should know to be drafting Josh Jacobs in the third. Uh, and then Amari Cooper, I, one of the reasons I like getting Amari Cooper in the third is because, again, I brought him up earlier. You can get Deshaun Watson in the ninth, tenth round when people are taking, you know, Lamar Jackson in the third or fourth. And you can stack him with his wide receiver one, who's been a wide receiver one, who just had his best, one of the best seasons of his entire career this last year with Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett. You're able to stack him with his QB one much later. And again, it allows you to build around. Some of these other guys like the Saquons, like the A.J. Browns, like the D.K. Metcalfs. And you don't have to be like, oh, I have to take Jalen Hurts or, oh, I have to take uh, Tua if you go waddle. You can just say, I'm still going to get Deshaun Watson. And I feel very comfortable with that. And I can get, you know, those guys, get some of their points. But now I still have a, a high quality stack with my wide receiver three. You know what I mean? So that's that's a, that's a reason and kind of the way I've been playing out the Amari Cooper situation. Moving into the fourth round, I love getting Terry McLaurin in the fourth round. And I'm going to go ahead and combine the fourth and fifth because Terry McLaurin and Kenneth Walker, those two are the two players that I kind of go back and forth on in the fourth and fifth round. Now, I'm going to bring up Kenneth Walker here, and I actually wanted to highlight him today just because he, to me, feels a lot like Josh Jacobs last year. Why do I say that? Well, the, the situation, what happened last year was Josh Jacobs was in a contract year or whatever. And people were like, oh, my gosh, you know, they're going to they, they they signed. They, they drafted Zamir White. Remember Zamir White? He was literally supposed to take Josh Jacobs job, according to, you know, the Twitter geniuses. And it was all done. Josh Jacobs was just OK. He was never going to be anything more than just OK at best. And he's actually going to lose his job to Zamir White. And even if he stayed there, Zamir White was probably going to, you know, take 45, 50% of the work from him. That was the story all summer long. What's the story right now? I don't even know what the story is with Zach Cabernet, Charbonnet, whatever. But Kenneth Walker last season, 
was one of the most explosive running backs I've seen in a while, catching the ball and running the ball on a team that was in some tough straights last season. People forget, like, the Seahawks team was totally counted out after Russell Wilson left, and they got some hitters, Kenneth Walker among them. Now, to get a guy like this in the fourth or fifth round, who last year was a – I mean, he was a running back one like week in, week out, those handful of weeks before he got injured. It just doesn't really compute to me that we've let him fall this far. So for me, he's in every single draft smash, Kenneth Walker in the fourth or fifth. If I can get him in the fifth, oh my gosh, I'm so happy because I feel like I'm so sure that I'm getting a running back one there. It's almost insane to me. Um, So yeah, Terry McLaurin. He's one of these guys where it's, it's all talent-based. I know that Terry McLaurin can do it. And what we see last year, I think Jacoby Brissett's going to be the, the main quarterback for the Commanders. I know a lot of people seem to think that's going to be Sam Howell. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a pipe dream. I'm definitely going to go with Jacoby Brissett on this one. And he's turned some, some wide receivers into meaningful pieces over the last couple of years. Amari Cooper being the most recent of that group. Uh, like I said, gave Amari Cooper one of the best seasons of his career. So I'm very in on Terry McLaurin this year. I know a lot of people are in on Jahan Dotson, which is fine. I am too, but the guy had like 35 or 40 targets, I think, last year, maybe 50. So for him to be going like he's drafted like one or two spaces away from Terry McLaurin, who had over 100, is wild. Uh, Not going to say I'm avoiding him, but I'm just going to say he's definitely not a target. Moving into that sixth round, I really like getting Isaiah Pacheco in the sixth round. I love getting Katarius Tony, and then I love getting DeAndre Swift. The thesis here is just these are all guys on extremely high-powered offenses. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year. You know, DeAndre Swift, per the powers that be, apparently this time last year was one of the top-end running backs in the league. Now he's on an actual better team. Still the same guy. What's different, you know? So to get him in this round is, again, to me, it just makes sense. You need to be t- taking him there. Kadarius, Tony, Pacheco, same thing. Um, the upside is not really being acknowledged with these players because the upside was the selling point for players in this position previously, and people went way, way, way too all in. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Miko Hardman, DeAndre Swift. So now they've, they're, you know, it's like we've been hurt, so we're suppressing them. Again, I say we loosely they we us i don't like i don't like that if that's not you i don't want to put that on you i say we like you know i wasn't in on deandre swift when he was up the board i'm in on big time now moving down to round seven i really love getting david montgomery in the seventh round feels like a really great pick he goes to a team where yeah they brought in jameer gibbs but we saw this team effectively be a two down two running back system there's going to be enough for both these guys to get meaningful work. I mean, what what's not to love about getting David Montgomery here in the seventh round? And then you got Pickens. I like Pickens in the seventh round. And then Deshaun Watson in that seventh round as well. I added him to the seventh. I had him as my pick in the eighth round. Uh, he's slowly floating up boards, I've noticed. I think people are realizing that he should not be nearly as far away as players like Lamar Jackson uh, and you know players of that kind of nature, caliber going in that area of drafts. Uh, he shouldn't be that many rounds away. So I think he's going to keep floating up, but I'm going to keep drafting him in the seventh, and hopefully I can get him in the eighth when when possible. Um, and then Pickens, I just think he's going to take a step forward with his yards a little bit. We already saw he, – he, 
I think Kenny Pickett, you know, is going to take a step forward also. And I think that's going to be directly a positive thing for Kenny Pickens. Um, and I'm going to end the segment off with a little rant in a moment. But in the eighth round, I did have Alexander Madison on this list. Again, this was before um, Dalvin Cook got cut, where I wrote this on my whiteboard like a week ago. So some of these ADPs might be slightly shifted. I'm kind of not really in on Madison anymore. Unless, I mean, if you still get him in the eighth round, I would be in on him there because I think there's some very, very good upside available, you know. But I think don't be shocked if you end up with a season like a 2022 Devin Singletary, which isn't bad. I mean, he was like running back 20, 22. I think that's a reasonable sort of upside for Alexander Madison, personally. Round nine, I got three guys here. I love getting cousins here. I feel I kind of feel douchey when I do it, when I take Kirk Cousins in, you know, these best ball drafts where I know these guys are like dying to stack. And I know the guy who got Justin Jefferson just thinks that nobody's going to take Kirk Cousins because they didn't get Justin Jefferson. But I don't again, I part of the reason I'm bringing Leone on is to talk about you know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't care about what's right or contrarian or whatever. It's just like, if I get Kirk Cousins, that's going to, in some ways, hedge against, you know, if he has an incredible week, like these guys that have Justin Jefferson and they're not going to be able to stack. So to me, it's just like, again, it's, it's fantasy football. I just want the best guy there. So if I know I can get a top end quarterback there, why, why wouldn't I take him? You know what I mean? Just because I've already completed one stack, you know, oh, I'm going to go for my second. Why do I have to do that? I don't have to do that. The other 10 or 11 guys in my draft room that, you know, are rigidly got to stick up their butt and they got to go by this structure and this stack and this blah, blah, blah. That's great. I'm an agent of chaos, my friends, just like those injuries that are going to pop up and just like these these big dubs that we're going to win. You can't project them. OK, everybody thinks they're going to win. Um, but when you kind of acknowledge the fact that you have less control than you think. You're a little bit more open to doing some crazy things, like not stacking your second quarterback. Ah! Um, ninth round, I like Rashad Penny, and I like Khalil Herbert a lot. Khalil Herbert speaks for itself. Just if you've paid attention to Khalil Herbert the last two seasons, every time he touches the ball, it's electric. Like, it's crazy almost. Like, it's like – it's not like one of these things where it's like, oh, sometimes. It's like every single time Khalil Herbert touches the ball, you're like, oh my god, he's gonna take it all away. Man, sometimes it's like it's almost like a Derrick Henry esque type of thing. No, he's not Derrick Henry, okay? And he does not, doesn't. Even, but it's just like he never really does anything but go forward quite a bit. Um, good looking runner, good looking runner. Kind of gives me like a Todd Gurley esque kind of vibe. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Love getting him in the eighth round or ninth round. And then here, I had some flyers for y'all. Just give you a couple sleeper flyer type guys. But I like getting Donovan Peoples-Jones. Had 800-something yards last season, again, with a combination of Jacoby Brissett and a combination of Deshaun Watson. And that's not also counting the fact that he uh, returned punts. He had one at least punt return touchdown last season, maybe a couple more. So his all-around all scrimmage yards was well over 1,000. I'm about 90% sure. I guess I could bet that 100%, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that's, that's, that's an accurate statement. Someone might want to double check me, but I don't understand why you can get him in like the 13th, 14th round um, because he's just not a name that people want to bring up. Elijah Moore is a, a name that's going to help confirm priors. Again, pay attention to this Browns team. When you can stack Deshaun Watson and Donovan Peoples-Jones for free, literally for free, 
it's fine. You know, you can take Amari Cooper in the third and you can even take Nick Chubb in the second and you can build all these cool teams with all these awesome players, Miami players, Eagles players, whoever you want. And you can still get basically the entire Brown stack just sneak it into your team on some of these best ball drafts. So that's a strategy I've been doing a lot. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a great player for that. And I'll go ahead and throw out uh, two more sleepers for you all here at the end of drafts that I really like taking. I love taking, well, three of them, actually. And again, the thesis on this is it's best ball, high upside, variance. Not a lot of people are probably taking him. I've been targeting a lot of Tyler Conklin, who finished last season as a tight end one, I believe, basically free. He's like tight end 21. Gets uh gets old Aaron Rodgers, CJ Uzama already limped off the field. I saw that in OTAs. Um, he's a pass catcher. Tyler Conklin's a pass catcher tight end. He's like 26 years old. He's a dog. Okay. Free. Um, same vein, same thesis. I've been taking a lot of Miko Hardman. I know he's not Randall Cobb. I know he's not whoever everyone wants to be the guy, but it's still Miko Hardman. They made a play to add him to this team, even though he was kind of coming off the injury or whatever. And what do we know? We know that Aaron Rodgers is if a guy's open deep, he'll throw it there. He'll make, I mean, he's he'll make things happen. So if Miko Harmon happens to be out there on some of these three wide receiver sets and everybody's honing in on Garrett Wilson, you know, and Brees Hall and whatever else it may be, there could be some very high upside uh Miko Harmon freebies out there. And then a last player I'll throw on this in this group too. Again, same thesis, another Jets player, Corey Davis. Okay. Remember, if you go way back to the good old days of like 2016 or 17, he was like a top 10, top 15 uh, dynasty wide receiver. He had one of his better seasons just two years ago. Ends up on the Jets. We know the Jets are kind of a disaster. They've got a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, whatever, whatever. Corey Davis is still on that team. And if you go look at some of the reports they've said about him, Robert Sala has made it very clear that he likes Corey Davis and what he brings to the team. Now, what Corey Davis brought to your fantasy team the last year or two might not be so heartwarming, but that doesn't mean it can't warm up a little bit with Aaron Rodgers there and with Garrett Wilson kind of taking over and with some of these mentorship type of players that kind of have arrived. You know, I, there's a world where Alan Lazard gets beat out by Corey Davis. We can all see it. I hope you can. A uh, little imagination. So those are three players that I've been uh, adding at the very, very end of drafts. Jets players, uh, you know, again, again, the division sets up well, too, for some high, high scoring games. Um, if you want to get some low owned players in those divisions, in those games, end of drafts, I've been adding those guys. So woo, that was a lot of stuff. But I'm going to go ahead and end with the defense because, duh, we have to talk IDP. As always, we are going to talk some defenders. And I'm going to talk about a handful of players who I've seen ranked and talked about that I just want to touch on briefly before I get us out of here. All right. So the first player I want to touch on is Dre Greenlaw. So, you know, I do our own rankings. You know, I talk to everybody in our Discord and all that, and I don't really consume a lot of fantasy content. But I check, you know, what I call, I check the, the hot sheets, you know, the main spots where people claim there's good fantasy content, and I'll go see what's out there. And I was looking at um, our friends over at PFF, Parity Football, Fantasy Football, 
And they had Dre Greenlaw in their top 10 linebackers for the season. And I just really didn't understand what I was seeing or what I was looking at. So I kind of want to talk about Dre Greenlaw. So what do we know about Dre Greenlaw? Let's go back to when he first came in the league, 2019. 725 snaps for Dre Greenlaw. Okay, not bad. And 92 tackles, just give you some baseline numbers. 2020, 699 snaps, 86 tackles. 2021, 111, 113 snaps, 21 tackles. He was injured. Then we go to this last year, 849 snaps, pretty good number, and then 127. So he's kind of skyrocketed up this year with his overall production well into the 120s of snaps and a point three points per snap. Those are good numbers, but to get into the top 10, um, you know, you kind of have to have a level of known production. Like he's never finished as a top guy. Um, this last year he, he finished well, pretty well, but all impact plays, total impact plays only 15. That's not going to get it done for you to be a linebacker one in any format if you're only putting up 123 tackles. So when I saw him that high, I just had to kind of just remember that there's a lot of do your own research, you know, go look at what Drake Greenlaw has done. He does not need to be up that high. He's a linebacker two, maybe three, you know what I'm saying? And if you could need to piece him together and he'll have linebacker week one weeks, but his production profile just is not one that is going to make a difference for you. This last year on 850 snaps, he only had three tackles for loss. That's, I mean, that's what a basic instinctual, High-level, high-leverage play behind the line of scrimmage. Only had three of them. Go back to 20, uh, 2020, he had seven. That's not bad. But then he had three again the year before that. He, so he doesn't produce high-level numbers there. Let's look at the pass deflections. Six this last season. Okay, that's pretty good. One the season before, injury, we'll discount it. One the season before that on 700 snaps. To the season before that on 700 snaps. So he doesn't do a lot in coverage either. He's just not doing a lot. So what what is it about Dre Greenlaw that made him ranked a top 10 linebacker uh, for these guys over at, P, at PFF, Parity Football, you know, Parity Fantasy Football? So let's just look at a guy they had ranked behind him. Just again, I'm just going to pull an arbitrary name out of a hat. Oh, I don't know, Devin White. Um, so let's see, why is Devin White ranked behind him when let's just look at some of Devin White's numbers over his career? Played in 62 games, won a Super Bowl. This last year, 124 tackles. Okay, just a little less than Mr. Greenlaw, but he had 24 impact plays. Massively outproduced him there in impact plays. Five pass deflections, two forced fumbles, uh, eight tackles for loss. He had eight tackles for loss last year. Let's go back uh, two years before that. Eight tackles for loss that season. Year before that, 15. Pass deflections stay high too. Three, four, five. His baseline is higher. His thresholds are higher. He doesn't grade as well per Parity Fantasy Football's grading system. 
So he is ranked behind Dre Greenlaw. I would just encourage you and remind you to vet this information, vet this stuff. Best place to do that, come into our Discord. Uh, the link's in the description. Hit me up on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, DM me. I want to help you win your leagues. Like, I've had a kind of a, an awakening the last few weeks where it's like, I, I'm i not really built for this. Well, I am built for this shit, what I'm doing right now, but this isn't what I love. You know what I mean? What I love is competing in fantasy football, but I also love helping other people compete and helping other people win. Uh, and I see a lot of just really bad coaching is what I would call it. Bad analysis, bad coaching, just bad form out there. And I don't see a lot of people feeling confident enough to correct people, which people don't want to be, you have to be teachable. You know what I mean? So if, if people don't want to be taught, that's fine. If they want to draft Ray Greenlaw as a linebacker one, let them. Don't do that. You don't do that. That's how you lose big time, big L. And that's just one example of a player I wanted to kind of bring up. Another player, I want, just a group of players I want to bring up is rookies. Um, people are just way devaluing rookies this season because the last season or two, the rookies that they kind of put their chips on didn't hit. I'll give you a perfect example of this. I just came out of, not even kidding, this is a real thing. I'm in a league, I think it's $25 buy-in, which isn't bad, but there's 12 people in it. Some people that are fantasy football analysts, some people that work for places like my fantasy football, my fantasy life, you know, with Matthew Barry and those people, like people that play fantasy and no fantasy. Give them some shout outs. You know, there's it's a full IDP league in there. And we just finished up our rookie draft. And I think it was six rounds, five or six rounds. I think it was five rounds. And we get out of the draft. David Branch went undrafted. Or not David Branch, Brian Branch. The number one defensive back in this class went undrafted. It's a full IDP league. You know what I mean? He went undrafted. Why? Nobody's talking up the rookies. Isaiah Foskey went undrafted. Deion Haley. Deion Haley. I picked him. I got him with the second to last pick of that draft. The second to last pick of the draft. Um, People are are over adjusting now. So there is some value at these, these rookies. Uh, go check your waiver wires. If you've already finished your dynasty startup, there are going to be some high quality rookies available. I promise you. I promise you, which is earlier I said I need to go check my waiver wire. I need to go in there and check because I put in a claim for Brian Branch. Let's hope I got it. So wanted to hit on that. Let's go ahead and see. We got some more questions. So if y'all have any more questions, if you're watching, I will answer them. Send them in there now. Uh, I got a little time on my hands here at the end of the show, and I'm, I want to help you all go get that going. Do me a favor. Thumbs up the video. It will do a lot for the channel and for the algorithm. We would appreciate that. Go subscribe to the podcast feeds. We have four different podcasts right now. I'm not going to plug them all. Just find them. You'll, you'll, you'll love them, I promise. All right, what we got here? Actually, I got to change this. Who has been in our studio, the guys? Um, one second, one second. I hate this layout. Uh, minimal bubble. Let's do this one. All right. I'm being offered Trevor Lawrence and Jonathan Taylor for Jalen Hurts. Should I accept? Uh, depends. Who are your other quarterbacks? Is it a one quarterback league or a two quarterback league? Those are the first caveats to this question. But in a vacuum, I would consider it. You know, I would definitely consider it. I don't think that trading away Jalen Hurts is wise in a vacuum again but i would I, w- I wouldn't take it off the table without knowing a little bit more uh so w- what else you got for me I'll, I'll help you see if we can sift through the rest of that next question bull 10 
we know we know more about Jack Sanborn question mark. Do we know more about Jack Sanborn? I assume is he ready for week one or should be one of the IDPs? He should be one of IDP's best linebackers. He might be. I mean, we we know that they brought in Tremaine Edmonds. We know that there are other players and that they want to get on the field there. And they bring in TJ Edwards as well. So I don't know. You know, we'll have to see what's up with with uh, Jason Bourne uh, slash Jack Sanborn. Uh, we know when he goes out to fill in, he's a hitter and he's a, a game a game changer. Helped a lot of people win some leagues last season, win some much needed weeks in the middle of the season if you were able to pick him up. So, you know, I think I had this question recently. What are your thoughts on Kalijah Cansey? I don't have any thoughts on him right now. I think somebody asked me that the other day too. Ronnie Graver, I hope you have a blessed day. Yeah, you too, brother. Um, anybody have any questions at all? I will answer them. I'm going to hop in our Discord real quick, see if there's any questions sitting in there, just because I want to, you know, again, help help you guys win your leagues uh, in the most practical way possible. And like I said, we're going to hopefully, this is going to be a weekly thing, 11 a.m. Central Time on Mondays. Hopefully we'll get in here and get the damn thing done. Let's see if we have any questions in our Dynasty channel. Looks like we do. Someone asked about Jack Campbell. Miles Jack. Thoughts on my Dynasty IDP roster not shown here is Trent Simpson, Nick Cross, and Nixon. Yeah, I remember this. This was this is a came from a Space Monkey Mafia. He had a pretty good setup. Um, the linebackers are a little bit weak. If y'all want to hop in the channel and go look at that, uh, defensive backs also not super super dope. Um, but Ken, but Cameron Curl, he's another player I saw very high on the the parody fantasy football defensive back rankings, IDP rankings. Uh, he was like defensive back eight or nine. Wasn't really sure how that, I just don't know how that happened. How you can reconcile that. If you hop on the ultimate IDP index, if you know, if y'all are in there again, you can get that by signing up for underdog using our promo code, or you can become a member of the Patreon. Uh, we would love to have you support the channel. Also, you can get one of the really cool, uh, the possum shirts. I believe the link is down in the description both YouTube video as well. So uh, get yourself possumed up, passled up, doing some giveaways on those soon as well. But um, no more questions really coming in the chat. So I think I'm going to shut it down. I'll give you all 10, 15 more seconds. If anybody has any more questions, I would love to, you know, I love answering them. If not, hop into our Discord. We'll try, we try to get to them there as well. If the Discord's hopping, I try to answer them all and keep the combo going. But if it's kind of slow, I maybe drop in once a day, twice a day, just check in on things. Um, but the more the merrier. We would love to have you in there. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> what always happens inevitably is I, I shut the show down, I start running the end video, and then the little little alert pops up in the comments. Somebody had one last question. So I'm going to give it 10 more seconds. 10, 9, 8. Uh, yeah. Any comments? Appreciate y'all. We, we do love y'all. Um, felt good to get back up in here in the saddle and just pump out a good show, covering all our bases, Dynasty, Best Ball, IDP. You guys know what it is. So uh, sounds like there's a dog in here. All right. Be back soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.